Welcome to another episode of Alika Hope and Change. I'm Alika Hope, and this is so 20 in the year 2020. Well, first of all, as we as we always mention, I'm your bigger, but not eldest brother. <laughs> Handsome still, mm-hmm. brilliant always. And today, what was the question again? Change. That's it. Emil, oh, what? Was also question? known as change. Yeah. change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the question again, sis? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about the fact that this is episode number 20 in the year We're not going down, seriously. I, I, yes. I've had so much fun connecting with you doing this that it doesn't feel like we've done 20 episodes so far, and it's just been a joy. I really look forward to it. It's like... It's like um, it's like having a weekly chat with my sister, except we record it and tell it to the world. But it's really a lot of fun, yeah. and we laugh. And uh, for twenty episodes, I have been able to convince myself that I am actually the things I say I am on the air. Yes, you do have to kind of practice what you preach. Once you're on the air, and you know you're like podcast fabulous, Emil, you are going to have to practice what you preach. So oh, don't worry, yeah. I've been pre-famous a long time. <laughs> And uh, today we're going to be talking about the books that have changed us. Are you ready, Emil? Please, our guest for today. Please announce, tell the, tell the audience about our wonderful guest. All right. We actually have with us a librarian as we talk about the topic books that changed us. But wait, she's not just any librarian. Okay. First of all, she has an MLS, which is the master's in library science, which is pretty incredible because that means that she must really like books, but also Emil, she's a singer, a fantabulous Mm. singer, a super mom and a social justice activist. As long as, I mean, say as well as being just a really nice person and that matters. So we want to welcome Rachel Tanucci, librarian extraordinaire to our show. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you both for having me. It's a pleasure. We don't often get a member of the Justice League on our show. So. <laughs> Happy <laughs> to be here in allyship. It's fantastic that you are here because um, librarians are one of my favorite superheroes. Well, I, I would have to agree with you when I just see everybody that I've ever worked with in this field just willing to help everyone and just doing it out of the goodness of their heart. You know, you can really just feel it from them. And I think that in this time, I don't want to say what, you know, that phrase that everyone says now in this unprecedented time, but it is this unprecedented time. <laughs> Libraries are really more important than ever. So, you know, mm-hmm. we'll just do our little plug for the fact that everything is free. All you need is a library card. You call them or you can even do it online now in most places and you can get a library card and that hooks you up with pretty much every resource that you could want. So um, here in Connecticut, for example, any public library that you have a card to means you can borrow from other libraries and a little car drives around and returns all the books to the right library. So you don't even have to return them to your correct library because wow. somebody does it for you. <laughs> now that's that service. Is fantastic. 
No, Isn't seriously. that service? Yeah, wow. it's it's just so great. And uh, most libraries now are doing curbside service, but it's of everything. It's DVDs and books and large print and even print jobs because, you know, who has a printer? And if they do, who wants to waste their toner, which is so expensive. So we actually will print out things and leave them for people in the public library and I actually work in both a high school and a public library, and I do that for all of the, the people we serve. So we even have some remote learners um, that are all online, and they will come in just to pick up their print jobs for the week and then go back in their car and get driven home. <laughs> you know, Rachel, you just got me all excited because as you were talking, I had this vision of having my food delivered and then having my you know, socks and my bubble bath delivered and like a bunch of books delivered and like laying on my couch and eating and reading. And, you know, 2020 doesn't sound so bad. I'm like, I'll just be hooked up in my house with like, you know, a 500 page book and some food. Emil, this is sounding pretty good. What do you think? It's better than good. See, one of the things that um, I, I hear in Rachel's voice that I am so mm -hmm. thankful she's on our show is that she actually takes joy in being a helper in this context. So, you know, mm -hmm. we've been so uh, appreciative of our first responders and our frontline workers during this crisis. It's been beautiful that they have gotten so much attention. And, you know, there are people who have helped keep stores and shops open uh, who, you know, are unsung heroes. And then there are mm -hmm. people like Rachel who are giving us a chance to expand our minds and travel without moving through books mm. and other media. And so someone like her who's willing to sort of share not just her knowledge, but her love and passion for knowledge and uh, apply her uh, ridiculously difficult education because library science is no joke. And anybody who thinks otherwise, I will correct you before Rachel gets her hands on you. Um, <laughs> With but a what big it book. means, though, is that she's willing to use it in a time where people really need to expand mm. their brains and minds because they don't have the opportunity to move about as much as, you know, we talked about where, where would we go when we're able to move freely and people are not able to move freely. And so the mind becomes the becomes the airplane. It becomes the rocket ship and the cruise ship. So this is bigger than just, you know, sharing love or sharing knowledge. This is really about keeping people healthy and keeping mm. people vibrant and vital during a time when it's so easy to succumb to binge watching trash television or going into despair or finding ways to do things that are not healthy for oneself. All of these things can be prevented with a library card. And we can also make sure that we have equitable access for all with that library card. So you brought up the social justice piece, which yes, I think just goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this summer of racial reckoning that we had, to be able to not only see yourself in a book as a mirror, but also mm -hmm. to have a window through a book to the perspective of others is more important than ever. So, Rachel, let me ask you about books that have changed you. Could you give us, um, we have such a wide variety of listeners. I was just looking at the demographics yesterday, and we have such a wide variety of listeners. And so 
I think any book that you mentioned, somebody out there is going to want to learn about and appreciate. So could you tell us about a couple of books that have changed you? Sure. Um, I mean, I could go in so many different categories of life, too. And I think that's the beauty of it is, you know, they're always there with us and whatever we need at the time as we're mm. growing and hoping and changing, um, we can, nice, you know, have that book, you know, kind of help us grow, right? Yep. So, you know, you can go from the very you know, early time where you're a, you know, beginning reader and hopefully through a library or in school or somewhere, at, maybe at home, you had somebody who read stories or you listened to stories. Um, mm -hmm. And so you begin to kind of develop that love of, of hearing a story and it becomes sort of, um, you know, a, a very nostalgic moment later. Um, then when you're trucking through the the woes and the throes of adolescence you you need uh something to help you so i'm gonna just quickly mention that are you there god it's me margaret by judy bloom was my oh. adolescent book <laughs> that yeah. i needed oh. that i did not know that How i needed did not read that book oh my goodness <laughs> Wow. That was it for me, you know, that, that she was yes. the first person to talk about all the things we were worried about as young girls that nobody talked about. <laughs> wow. Um, we're going to pause here and take a little break while I go and find that book and just feel like I'm 13 again. OK, we'll be right back. <laughs> Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. We are back. Rachel mentioned her first book that changed her, which is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, by the one and only Judy Bloom. And I have to agree with her wholeheartedly. Uh, Rachel, what's another book that's changed you over time or even affected you over time? Um, another one I would have to mention is Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album. Um, okay. If you're not familiar with it, it's um, a gentleman who had a mentor and a teacher that he absolutely loved in college. And they used to have weekly talks where they would just discuss everything uh, about life and education and growing up. And then he reconnects with him later in life when he discovers he is dying from ALS. And so mm. he goes to visit him every Tuesday and they begin their talks again. And it really is a, one of those books that you could revisit at all different times of your life and get something new out of it every time. Um, and just even thinking about it in preparation to talk to you today, I know I have to go back to it soon because <laughs> I... Um, just hit a big birthday this year and I've been kind of thinking about, you know, just growing older and mortality um, with everything going on. And he has amazing um, insights in that book. You know, one of the things he says is that it's only when you learn how to die that you can learn how to live so that it's not something to be scared of, but that, you know, if you've done the things in life that matter, which is loving others, devoting yourself to community, and creating something that gives you purpose and meaning, 
then mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. And I thought of you, Alika, actually, during that, oh. because you always create things around you that have purpose and give meaning to others. Um, and I think that's really important that you build a sense of community. So I want to thank you for that. Um, and that's one of the, the messages that he has in this book. Thank you, Rachel. That took me by surprise. I appreciate that you saying that and I appreciate you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a very mission and passion individual. If I'm not passionate about something, I kind of can't do it, which is not always a good thing. Like I need to clean your house, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Rachel is bringing up such a beautiful point about what books and media can do for us when we have Mm -hmm. an opportunity to use them in the way they're intended. An author will mm. present a story, and I'm an author, Rachel. And, yes. um, and one of the things that I learned from writing my book and writing, and I'm in the process of writing a lot more um, to follow in 21 and 22, is that all that I put in a book, so much more comes out. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I think a good librarian can help us see, right? So you're talking about these books that impacted you. Judy Bloom and, and Mitch Album, And I really think that um, as much as they thought they were doing a good job in writing, the way you're going to pull the stories out and apply them to your life and how they become a mirror for how you see yourself and how you see your life, mm-hmm. those things are so hard for an author to really put into the book. We hope it happens, but we don't know what's going to happen after we, I always say we release it to the wild. And once mm. it's in the wild, it becomes its own entity and it has its own life and it has its own sort of resonance. And so these are the kind of things that when we hear about, like you talk about these two books and there are others that I know impacted you to the point where somewhere along the way you said, I want to do this. I want to help people find the exact right book for what they're trying to do in their life or in their experience or help them further their education. That's a beautiful way to see yourself Uh, And I want to ask you, Rachel, you had these books impact you, but what pushed you over the edge that said library science, being a librarian is what I want to do with my time. I Mm. actually started as an English teacher, high school English teacher, and um, kind of found the library by accident during that time and really hadn't thought about it as a career. So it was... um, at a time when you start teaching, you have to get your master's within 10 years to be able to stay teaching in public school. I don't know if you know that. Um, in Connecticut, that is the rule. So you're always looking into, okay, what am I, what's my degree going to be in? Mm-hmm. And I did want to um, study literature, but as I found library science, I just realized it was such a perfect fit because I was looking into educational technology, but I had always loved the literature and connecting people with stories and the deeper meanings that you could find in a book with symbolism and metaphors and all of that sort of mysterious language that could turn into deeper meanings um, that can really help you in, in life, whether you're a big reader or not, you know, when you're seeing film, when you're viewing art, you now have the tools to be able to get something deeper from it once you've studied literature So um, that became sort of a natural path for me that I didn't know I wanted. And now I couldn't really imagine doing anything else. 
absolutely wow. fantastic. See, this he, is the, this is what our show gets gets to do. Sis, mm. you know, we get to hear these great stories, talk about things that impact us, and you know, here Rachel is. That uh, was a teacher was looking for a way to increase her uh, her skill set. You know, mm -hmm. she was asked to, mandated to get uh, further her education, but she didn't want right. to just fill in the box. That's right. And that's the kind of person that, you know, really takes on the challenge of what is it that's going to spark my heart? And she took books like, you know, Tuesdays with Maury and, and are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Um, yep. And, and she took those books and she was able to translate them into a desire to not only teach, but share with other people how to find the stories and find the depth in the stories. So Sis, I'm going to ask you the question you asked, Rachel. What books or books <laughs> impacted you? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Y'all are going to know how corny I am. So when I when I was thinking about this episode, uh, you know, I was a bookworm. Like, I had my own library in the basement when my friends <laughs> came over. I made, um, I would cut envelopes in half, and I would glue them to the back of my books, and I would put index cards in them. And yes. I would give the checkout dates of when my friends, I sure did. When my friends would come over, I would put the date of when they had to bring it back. Oh, straight up. I mean, I had hundreds, thousands of books up down there. Um, so I even belong to the Book of the Month Club. I am so dating my age right now. But every month, you know, we'd get this big box of books that, you know, if, it's kind of like the, remember the CD club, Columbia House? If you didn't Columbia pick it in time, you got automatic. Man, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, that's I, how the I books were. I built my collection based on Columbia House. Sorry to all the artists who did not get paid by Columbia. <laughs> but trust me, your music okay. is still in my collection. Appreciate well, that's I, I still have the books because my daughter has now been reading all the books from when I was her age, which is really funny because my mother, like, saved them all in the attic. And so, well, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So books. Right. So... I love books so much and and I was really thinking about the book that changed me. <sighs> Definitely the first book that came to mind was Little House on the Prairie. Mhm. Mm oh good, you didn't y'all didn't laugh like they're going to think I'm corny. But I was thinking about it on a deeper level like I read the whole series we, we several times. No. Nope. Oh, okay. You already know I am. So, but the, actually my favorite is Little House in the Big Woods because I actually have one of the like, you know, uh, older editions, like it was published in 1940, 1930. I forgot somewhere oh, in there, wow. like a hardcover brown um, version. And I would read it over and over. And I realize now why I love the series so much is because I have always, as long as I can remember, had a sense of adventure, had a sense of beginning, changing things, like when Rachel said, make the world a better place, um, I, I always wanted to, to go on adventures, whether literary adventures or actually physical traveling. Mm -hmm. And there was something about Laura Ingalls Wilder. Number one, she didn't always fit into the societal norm, which I never have either. And then she also was like always taking chances and um, all the creative arts they made with like maple sugar. It just excited me. Uh, and it kind of led to me wanting to be Amish, but we will go... <laughs> Back into that when we come back from the break. We'll be right back. Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. We're back for our last segment, and I left you with, you know, talking about how I wanted to be Amish. And during the break, I realized it's not realistic for me to tell everyone here 
why I wanted to be Amish in only the one segment we have left. So we'll save that for another episode and we'll title it Why Alika Wants to Be Amish, even though she loves nail polish. It'll be a fascinating conversation. But we're let's gonna throw really, it. We're going to really enjoy talking about how you would have done Rumspringa. That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, <laughs> oh you have. Y'all, this is an episode. I'm already putting it down on my episode's notes Put list. Put it down. Oh, it's going. It's going, girl. So I'm going to clown you so hard. It will be joyful. I'm sharing all my deepest secrets on Alika Hope and Change, the podcast. Emil, give us a book that's changed you. So, um, probably, I was thinking about this. There's like three books, and I'm going to hit three of them, and then I'm going to give you, of those three, one that just pops in my head as the book. Uh, the first book that really hit me was uh, a book called The Great Brain and the series. Um, they're not much uh, in the 2020s, but in the 1970s, they were big. And I mm. love those books. Um, the second book of the three that I'm going to mention is um, Manchild in the Promised Land by Claude Brown. Mm -hmm. It's just an incredible coming of age story that really resonated with me when I was a young man and was told to read it um, by my mentor, um, at the time, and it really did transform how I saw myself in life around me. And the third, get this, total nerd, mm. the New World Encyclopedia. Yes! Yes! yes. Did you used to read the encyclopedia too? I gotta find out, Wait, Rachel. A, a certain volume or all of them? Nerd. All of them, right? I read the entire <gasps> New World Encyclopedia, yes. A to Z. Wow. Every page, every volume, I read it all. My grandparents bought it for me in 1979, and it was like being in an – if any anybody who knows me knows, they will say I'm Google because I mm -hmm. just have a lot of knowledge in my head. It started then. That's mm -hmm. the book. Mm -hmm. Those are the books that changed how I saw everything because mm. everything around me had an explanation. There was something – I, so things began to be something to, it was knowable. Things were knowable because of the New World Encyclopedia. I could, re, I could see things. I could see a tree and know a tree came from something and was going mm -hmm. to something. And along the way, it was something. Like mm. just the fact that I had so much, I would, I would read late into the night. My brother, our brother, uh, Lika, will tell you these stories, how I used yes. to, under the covers, flashlight, after bedtime, read the yep. encyclopedia to death. And I read every page, every volume of the 1979 edition of the New World Encyclopedia that was bought by my mother's parents for me and my brother. My brother used it to finish all of his assignments. I read it for joy. <laughs> joy. Oh, wow. That's a great story. It explains so much, Rachel and audience, about my brother. The mm. fact that he took joy in reading encyclopedias. I could take this in so many directions. I'm not going to tease him too much. Um, just was thinking about maybe changing the name of the show to Alika Hope and Nerd. Um, <laughs> doesn't have the same effect, but um, that's beautiful, Emil. I, you know, we have a couple minutes left, and I would love it if Rachel could tell us one more book that has really changed you. Well, I guess I would be remiss if I did not mention the Harry Potter series because <laughs> I need to mention something that I shared with my kids together. 
So that's something that we all share a love of. Um, and just, you know, everything about it, the characters, how real they are. I also found in preparing um, to talk to you today that I love a journey story. I love a quest story. I love people literally and metaphorically traveling <laughs> to get to a bigger, um, you know, destination where they have grown. Um, so I, I really do, I guess, have to mention that because now it's something that my kids and I share and have, you know, such an appreciation for of just loving the stories and the characters and there's such great quotes in there too from from the elder teacher Dumbledore. It might also be because I just loved school so much when I was younger that any character that's the teacher to people, I kind of gravitate to as well. So, you know, saying things like, we must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy is really just kind of a social justice warrior motto. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know what? It's also COVID motto. Mm. Um, you know, I'm going to leave you to interpret that as you will, but you know, that could be, there's a lot of ways you could use that motto. Mm -hmm. um, so you say it one more time, because I'm not that familiar with it. We must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy. Mm. I love that. Yeah, it's this full is little another, nuggets. <laughs> I sometimes what is right could be easy. And you know, that could be another episode email. Sometimes things that are <laughs> Look, right no, are easy. No, seriously. I was I was I was right? letting that I was letting that marinate a minute. And yeah. it what was so cool about that was if you remember, we were always told tell the truth because it's easier than trying to remember a lie. Oh my gosh, yes. Right. Yes. And so when you say when, when when Rachel, when you said that, I was just marinating on sometimes we forget that those basic lessons of life were if you do the right thing, you'll never have to remember what lie you told or what excuse mm -hmm. you need to make for why you didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Right. I can always justify doing the right thing. But when I do the wrong thing. When I do the thing that is harder, and I lived a life where ethics and, and honor were normal when I was in the military. Right. You know, I, when I went to the Air Force Academy, our honor code was very simple. We will not lie, steal, or cheat, nor tolerate among us anyone who does. And so when we have these questions, what is right versus what, what is easy, living by the honor code for all those years and then uh, the Air Force core values, it was an easy decision for me to pick the right thing versus the easy thing. And in fact, I have a hard time when I see the news today because I'm so steeped in that mindset of do the right thing first and whatever happens, happens. But it's really interesting that we have to have these discussions and these reminders because so few people are steeped in a tradition like that. So thank you, Rachel, for saying that. You're welcome. And I'm going to I'm going to turn the corner a little bit because I would be remiss if I had Rachel on here and I didn't tell a couple goofy jokes that just would not be right. So Rachel, I did some research and tried to find jokes about books. Yeah, you did. And yeah, I did. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> believe it or not, a lot of jokes about books and librarians are really long. And I thought, why are they so long? It's hard for people listening to a podcast to understand long jokes. And then I realized it's because it's for people who like to read. So <laughs> 
<laughs> Here's the first one. This is just for winter. <clears throat> Why do writers always feel so cold? Why? Because they are surrounded by drafts. I <laughs> <laughs> cannot stand my sister. I love her. cannot stand her. <laughs> okay, I got my one. Why did the math book look so sad? I don't know Ooh, why. It was, it was um, algebra, calculus, arithmetic. No. Uh, it was divided. Because it had a lot of problems. Oh. oh, okay. And that is ending today's episode. I want to thank our special, wonderful librarian guest, Rachel Tanucci. Woo! Thank you so much, Rachel everyone. Is it was awesome. so much fun. Ladies and gentlemen, a librarian came to our show and rocked it. <laughs> Rock steady. Okay. So I'm Alika Hope, and we're about to end this show. This is episode number 20 in the year 2020. And we got change over here. Who are you, change? I am your elder brother, still handsome, still brilliant, and still change, also known as Emil. We want to thank you for joining us. Go read a book and utilize your public library, everyone. Bye now. <laughs>